Yo, yo, yo. What is up, people? What is up? Welcome to episode 11 of Synthopsis, Synthwave and a Synopsis. I'm your host, Jamal, Synthopsis guy. Call me whatever you want. I don't care. We're talking all about everyone's favorite topic, networking. Yes, I know you guys are just dying to hear me talk about networking for a long ass time. So enjoy this little tune, Fantasies by Rose Corp, and we'll get right into it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, whether you're tuning in live on Night Ride FM right now, or if you're watching the podcast in the future, maybe you're watching it tomorrow, maybe you're watching it in 2030, if the world's still around by then. We'll have to just wait and see. Uh, But thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, As I mentioned, we're going to be talking about networking. Normally, I keep everything very synthwave related, but this episode is going to be kind of an outlier. This is a topic I'm very personally passionate about. Um, I think it's something that a lot of people could, you know, may benefit from hearing of my, my thoughts on. It's something I've worked really hard and I get better over the years. And I think it very much is a process. So I just want to basically share um, what I have in mind about networking. As kind of a note, this is not explicitly for artists. There's going to be a section at the end about for the music industry, but this is really networking 101. This is networking if you're trying to get a better job, if you're just trying to be more comfortable, if you're just trying to go out and just meet new people, which is kind of also networking. This is just like big ass networking. So this is for everyone, but we will tie it in with the end with the music industry at the end. Uh, Blood Music did an awesome AMA a few weeks ago so I had a lot of fun going through his responses to a bunch of really good questions. So mainly going to be sharing what he said at the end in regards to music industry. But that's what this is. Side note, this is probably going to be a very long episode. I normally try to keep things 45, 50 minutes. But I don't know how this is going to be. This is, could be a minute, 15, uh, an hour and a half, two hours. I might have to upload two segments on Spotify on, later. So we'll see. Uh, just, you know, I'm going to take a lot of song breaks. We'll, we'll keep it chill. But uh, if you don't stick through the entire thing, I will not write anyone an angry email. So let's just get right into it. Part one, what is networking? You know, we always got to start at the basics. My definition, it is the art. I think networking really is an art. It's an in-depth, comprehensive thing. Is the art of creating and maintaining professional relationships. The art of creating and maintaining professional relationships. There are two parts. First, you have to create them. If there's uh, someone you want to reach out to, like a label, or uh, you know you want to get a job somewhere, you have to first create that relationship. How do you do that? Massive question. And then over time, you want to maintain your relationships. Like if you go and talk to someone, okay, cool, you got a business card, you reach out to them, whatever. 
but you don't really do anything and that relationship fizzles out, you know, it's better if you can maintain a relationship over time because you never know when you might need uh, someone's help or if someone can help you. And it's always easier. This is something I was going to say later on, but it's relevant. One big thing I learned in college is people would always say, make friends or uh, relationships before you need them. Because it's way easier to ask someone for help uh, when you already know them and they know you than to just go out of cold and just be like, hey, can you help me with this thing? You know, So it's, that's why maintaining is so important. Um, and uh, yeah, it includes intense professional stuff such as reaching out to labels or publishing houses, whatever you want to do. But also includes more casual things such as reaching out to other artists. If you're a small artist in a tiny scene on the internet called Synthwave uh, and interacting with other tiny artists in a scene called Synthwave is also called networking, even though it's much more casual. But there are some things you can do here as well, make it a bit easier and less painful for yourself. And then the big, big question, why is it so damn important? Why does any of this matter? Why does it matter how you approach people, how, how you say things? Because really, the maxim, there's this common maxim people say, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And it is absolutely true. It's kind of unfortunate, but it's a reality because at the end of the day, it's about trust. It's about who you know and who you trust. If I'm hiring and I have to choose in between someone who looks really good on paper and, but I don't know, and someone who looks okay, but I know and trust, and they learn and they listen and they take advice, I'm gonna 90% of the time probably go with the person that I know and trust. Because I don't have to tell you guys, you're all people, why trust is important. It's just, a, it's just a human thing. We all prefer people that we know and trust over someone that we don't, you know? So it's all about trust. It's all about introducing yourself and establishing yourself over time so that people can know you and be like, oh, this is someone that I can trust. So that's it. So we've established the basics. Normally, this is the part where I would go into the guts of networking and talk about all the nuances. However, there's something more important I'd like to address before the technical stuff. There are a wide variety of what I call mental barriers and insecurities that can prevent people from networking properly. It might be, for example, you're socially anxious and shy, as I have been for most of my life, or perhaps you want to write an email to your boss, a very simple email, and ask for something like a promotion or a raise or whatever, but you second guess yourself, you're nervous or whatever, and ultimately you decide not to write the email, you put it off, stuff like that. These are all excuses. They're excuses that we create to save up the difficulty, not save up, save ourselves from the difficulty of venturing out of our comfort zones. We believe in the back of our mind that this territory is dangerous and harmful and that it only leads to suffering or, and failure, more on failure soon, and that remaining in our comfort zone is reassuring and comforting, hence why it's called the comfort zone for a damn reason, because you don't want to go out of it. However, I will challenge all of you by saying that your comfort zone is nothing more than a cage and your excuses are nothing more than like invisible chains that you put on yourself as they were for myself. In order to network properly, you must first break free of any chains or mental barriers that are preventing you from doing what you need to do. I can say whatever I'm gonna say later, but if you aren't ready to take the steps that you need to do, it doesn't matter what I say. So it's first and foremost paramount for every single person that you address whatever is holding you back and slowly work at these things over time. But as they say in psychology, awareness is always the first step 
towards recovery or overcoming your problems. If you aren't aware of your problems, you can't overcome them. So first you gotta become aware of your mental barriers. Uh, and it can take a lot of effort and a lot of focus to overcome some of these difficulties, but it is possible. It is possible. And you can only begin to grow once you start freeing yourself. So that's my little introduction on networking and mental barriers. So section two, overcoming your mental barriers. Let's, let's get into it. I conducted a little online experiment a few weeks ago and for 24 hours ran a little poll on Twitter. Uh, and if you don't follow me on Twitter yet, please follow me at Pod, and ask the following question. Do you consider yourself to be socially awkward? Very straightforward question. It's very loosely interpreted, but we all know what it means. Do you consider yourself to be socially awkward? 45 people voted and 64% voted yes and 36% voted no. Now, the majority of my followers are Synthwave and music related. So I believe these results are a bit reliable in terms of gauging this uh, kind of like what people in the synth synth community are feeling. And sadly, they reflect what I expected. I thought it was going to be in this 50 to 70% range. Um, so there are a lot of people out there that are struggling, consider themselves to be socially anxious, don't really know how to break out of their comfort zone. For this reason, I feel like this is really worthy of delving into a bit more. Each person has their own battles with their psyche and each person struggles to overcome their own mental barriers, some more severe than others. Some of you might now be completely tuning me out because you're confident alpha chads that everyone's different, no worries, we'll have our own problems. But some people are actually insecure, some are just simply shy, some have no experience and don't really know where to go. Everyone is different and no piece of mental health advice is one size fits all. I can't really say anything to, to possibly help every single one of you experience absolute bliss and joy and happiness in your life. That's part of everyone's journey through life. However, in regards to networking, there are some key principles that are important, important to grasp that can help maybe help you take some crucial first steps. And the first most important one I said previously is awareness. The second, though, I would say the golden rule is do not fear failure. Do not fear failure. Everyone is afraid of failure. Everyone's afraid of, of walking into a room, you know, like a big networking event. I used to live in Washington, D.C., and I really want to do government and politics. And I was terrified of going to these cocktail things where people just stand around in suits and talk about crap, you know. I, but eventually I forced myself to grow, to go because, you know, I learned that failure is not really a bad thing. You know, you have to just accept that re rejection is possible, that rejection can happen. And most importantly, though, that rejection is okay. And even that rejection or failure is helpful. You know, it's all about your perspective. If you look at failure as, oh, I messed up, I'm, this proves how bad I am, you know, this failure only proves how bad I am then you're going to just, you're reinforcing your idea that you are not good enough and you're just going to retreat more back into your comfort zone. But if you say to yourself, you know, I actually went out, I looked for an event, I went out against everything that was holding me back, you know, and maybe I was socially awkward. Maybe I only talked to two people and got two business cards. That's two more business cards than you got instead if you had just stayed home and not done anything. And every single time when it comes to social interaction, you do anything, it basically always gets easier. The first time I went to those cocktail parties, it was nerve wracking, but every single time it got easier. 
I felt more confident. I knew what I was talking about. And then that confidence is genuine. It's not, it's not fake. Like you can't really fake that confidence and people can tell like, oh, this is a, this guy knows what he's talking about. He feels good. He's in his groove, you know, and pe- that resonates with people. It's, it's genuine, more on genuineness, genuinity and genuineness isn't a word later, but rejection is, and failure is just a part of life. And if you can't really grasp that, then you can't really move forward. You just got to accept that, you know, failure is just learning. Failure is learning. Success is often built upon a mountain of failures. Think about Olympic uh, people, uh, Olympic athletes, actually. It's a, <laughs> like they're just athletes. You know, we don't we see them standing on top of the, uh, the podium at the end, the pedestal at the end when they're holding the gold, the gold medal. And we think, oh, these guys are just so talented. But we don't know how hard, how much they fail, how hard they work, how many people they, like how many coaches told them you won't be good enough if they still worked and busted their chops and failed over and over and over, and that's how they got on that pedestal. Not by just waking up one morning and saying, oh, I'm good as hell at swimming. I'm going to go be Michael Phelps and get a gold medal. Yay for me. No, these people work their asses off and they fail nonstop, you know? When you learn that failure, if you accept that failure is natural and that every time you fail, you learn something, you can really start moving forward. Really, I, you know... may not be able to relate to this, but I play League of Legends quite a bit. I've been playing for a long time. And every single time I die in that game, I ask myself why I died. It's because I made a mistake. And that mindset really helps me to actually improve and to go back and see what I did differently. I think when you adopt that mindset, it really helps you to overcome your, like learn from your mistakes really and teach yourself that you can be better and that failure is natural. So it's easier said than done, but taking the first step is most important. And as I said, taking the first step is always the hardest, but it's where you start. It is possible to learn new things and become something that you never imagined was possible, such as becoming social if you've always been antisocial. You know, if you just think, oh, I'm just antisocial. No, you are antisocial because you've never really been social. It doesn't mean that you can't become social. You can, you know, you just have to put in the effort and, you know, do what it takes. I'm not saying it's going to be easy and everyone's different, but just because you haven't been done something or haven't been able to do something doesn't mean that you can't. So you just got to go out and try to do it and prove to yourself that's possible because I did for myself and it's, you know, you just got to just gotta go out and do it, man. Uh, and then, and as I said, also in the world of socializing and social skills, you can really only truly learn through practicing. You know, if you're afraid of writing an email to someone you know, if you want to apply to a job, for example, at a really big company and you're afraid of getting ignored or getting rejected or you're afraid of making yourself look like a fool during an interview, the only way to do it and to learn is just go to the interview. You know, I messed up so many interviews and I got a lot of rejections, but eventually I had a stellar interview at a job previously and I got a, I got a pretty good job in DC. I ended up hating it, but <laughs> that's a whole different story. Um, but, you know, over time you learn. It's the same thing. Don't fear failure. You just got to go out and do it. Um, and also kind of a side thing, but don't think of networking as taking advantage of other people. This was an idea I had in my mind for a while, you know, oh, I don't want to go out of my way to ask this guy for help because I feel like I'm just taking advantage of him. This guy isn't really doing anything for me in return, you know, but it's not really the case. Like if you have a professor and you're like, Hey, can you take a look at my essay? Let me know what I'm doing. It's literally their job to help you. And the other thing is that people want to be helpful. People like to be helpful. It makes them feel good. People want to feel good. 
And most people are nice, honestly. Like most people are nice. And if you go out of your way and ask for help, people usually help you. So just don't think that you're taking advantage of people. All you really need to do is ask, you know, just just ask. At the very least, someone says, oh, you know, like, I'm sorry I can or you get ignored, whatever. At least you tried because if you don't try, then you won't get anything at all. Right. As they, the cliche poster that's in 95% of high schools here in America is you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. I mean, it's cliche as hell, but it, it's kind of true in a silly sense. So those are just a few general principles. Um, it's really critical that you identify any mental barriers that might be holding you back and to deal with them properly because that's really how you can begin to push yourself and grow because networking is tough. Networking is difficult, and if you're socially awkward, you're anxious, whatever, it's really hard. I'm not going to sit here and say it's easy. It's hard, and you have to be aware of whatever is difficult for you. So that's the section on uh, overcoming mental barriers. Um, let's take a little song break because I need water now. I need water whenever I go on these spiels. Um, here's Spaceship from Skaddle's latest album, Squatters, Feet Dead Life. Awesome song, very chill. I love it. Um, and we will BRB. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that little song. Love that song. Uh, that album, by the way, by Skaddle is pretty solid. Squatters is good stuff. All right. So now we talked about overcoming mental barriers and all that jazz. Let's get right into the meat of networking and confront the reality that there is a right and wrong way to network. There are many right and wrong ways to network. It is an art and there are ways to network properly and improperly. There are very, very many English do's and don'ts. So let's start with the golden rule in my opinion of networking which is be prepared yes be prepared do your homework know your audience who are they 
What are they like? Are they casual? Are they professional? Do they have any quirks that you know of? Knowledge is power. Do your homework, as I said. Uh, like say, for example, you want to apply to a job. Uh, it's really good to know, for example, like the, the most basic stuff. What does, what like the things that that company values. Uh, if you're going to be talking with someone in particular interview, who are you going to be talking with? Do they have any quirks? At my old job, for example, the uh, my old supervisor that I interviewed with, she was really obsessed with football. If I had known that at the time, uh, I or if I had like tried to bring that up in a conversation somehow, I mean, I got the job anyways. But it's things like that that allow you to really get an edge in networking. Like if I had just made been better at making small talk and I had brought up football, I don't watch sports. But if I had been a sports person that had talked about the sportsing and the sportses, then, you know, that would have come up and she would have been like, oh, cool. This is someone that I can, you know, that's cool. And I can talk about sportsing with, you know, on a daily basis. I like them. And that those things like putting the human aspect into networking making it instead of just an email address reaching out to another email address and making it a person with interests and like an actual soul kind of like an actual person reaching out to another person with interests makes networking so much more easy and relaxed you know um so it really really helps to know who you're talking to if you're a music a synthwave artist or whatever and reaching out to a label know what kind of music that label uh accepts if they've rejected people in the past, why? If they've accepted people in the past, why? So do your homework, be thorough. You know, it's 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 just, it's that important. If you don't know what you're doing, you're going blind. I mean, not to say things can't work, but you increase your odds by having that background knowledge. If you just go in blind, well, you're going in blind and things might be great, they might not, you know, so good luck. Um, also, I think it's really important to understand that there are different kinds of networking. One size do not, does not fit all. Knowing your audience helps immensely to identify what kind of networking you need to, you need to do, and thus your approach matters. There are, in my opinion, two types of networking. The first is what we think of when we say networking. It's I call serious networking. This is like applying for a job, trying to get a promotion. You're uh, reaching out to a famous artist for your, your crappy synthwave podcast, <laughs> or you're reaching out to a label, whatever. Like This is like the kind of more tense stuff, and you got to be professional. you got to put on your suit, whether real or virtual, and you got to present yourself in a good manner, more on etiquette and pre uh, presenting yourself later. And then you got the more casual stuff, uh, you know, stuff like uh, if you're actually reaching out to someone like myself. I'm just a, a small podcast dude on the internet. But if you're a small artist and you want to be like, hey, I want to do an interview with you or something, you know, you still want to like do a little bit of homework to know how to approach someone. Uh, but it doesn't really matter as much. And especially like if you know, and then this goes back to being prepared. If you know someone like myself is lax, I always tell people just email, like not email, just slide my DMs all the time. Then you can just do whatever you want. It's, it's much less uh, serious, but you still want to be a bit mindful of like keeping a little professional and still looking uh, looking a bit good and being polished and all that other stuff we're going to talk about later on. But it's it's important to just be able to distinguish when you need to be a bit more serious, but when you can be a little lax, but not really drop your guard at all, if, if that makes sense. Uh, in regards to maintaining your relationships, it's a really important to check in with people every month or so and see how they're doing. Make sure that they don't forget about you and that you don't forget about them, you know. Uh, it might be kind of weird. You know, this was something I, I really didn't really like doing because it seems kind of disgenuine. Like, hey, you remember me? We met at that thing a, a month ago and 
I'm just coming back, you know, I don't need anything from you. But I've learned over time it's easier to do that if there's something relevant you can talk about. Like, uh, say, for example, uh, you have a contact from a really big band and you're like in Synthwave. And you're like, oh, dude, did you hear this new album that came out? I think it's really cool. You know, what do you think? And then you can just have a genuine discussion about it. And that way you're doing two things. You're, you know, rekindling your professional relationship and you're growing it by talking about something, you know. Instead of just being, hey, I'm here, how you doing, I still exist, oh, okay, you exist too, cool, good luck existing, you know. It's, you know, you're actually growing your relationship by talking about something that's relatable and personal to both of you. So it's good to try to uh, talk about things like that. Um, and like I said previously, make connections and friends before you need them. Network whenever you can and form relationships that you aren't rushed when you need something, you know. Like if you're frantically like, oh my god. I need someone to interview for my podcast next week. I got to find an artist and I'm just like, you know, if I'm scrambling through cold emailing a bunch of people, maybe like one out of 10 will help me. But if I know someone, I can be like, oh, this guy, I know this guy. He's cool. He knows me. He likes me. Let's do it. You know, easy, darn shabam, flabang, whatever. Comic words, whatever. Uh, but, you know, you can do networking all the time. This can, can be at events, concerts. Even in live chat rooms during live podcasts or uh, on Twitter threads, there's always an opportunity. You know, in the online world, the online internet universe world thing, you can network with people all the time. It can be on Twitter, Reddit, MySpace, probably not the best place to go network, but anywhere, you know. Anytime you're communicating directly with someone, you're establishing some kind of connection. But then how you grow that connection is up to you, you know, like... You can just talk with someone like, like, for example, here's actually a good example. I, I talked here and there with Dennis Groot. He's another DJ here on live, uh, Night Rider FM, you know, um, just, and we interact on some similar Twitter threads and now we're in the Night Rider FM discord server and stuff. And it turns out we're going to both be going to the, a really big concert in Brooklyn in, uh, March, mid-March. It's going to be awesome by the way. So now I'm looking forward to meeting him. Uh, it's going to, it should be cool. So, you know, like. We like we talk a little bit here and there, you know, but we're going to meet in person later on. And, you know, when you always meet with someone, it forms like a much a real, real genuine uh, networking relationship or just like a friendship even, you know, if it's a more casual scene like Synthwave is. So uh, it works like that a lot of time. And um, I, I also want to say it's really important, I think, and I don't want to underscore this to be genuine, be yourself. You know, I feel like there's a lot of pressure, especially in, in the corporate world and when you're applying to jobs, to be fake, to put on a fake mask and to uh, gas yourself up a lot. You know, or maybe when you're at your job, just to, to make yourself seem bigger than you are so that people like you or whatever. I don't know, you know, but people see through BS, maybe not right away, but people usually always do. And people don't like, most people don't like fakes, like fake people or fake stuff. It's just like, who likes to be treated disgenuinely, who likes people that wear a mask in public, you know? Uh, I'm not saying wear your heart on your, on your sleeve, you know, but I think it's important to just be yourself uh, and to just be honest, you know? And it's, this is incredibly important for maintaining relationships and maintaining a trust. Remember, that was the golden rule I said in the beginning. Actually, let's call that the platinum rule because there are plenty of golden rules. The platinum rule is, uh, it's all about trust. Anything you do over time to erode trust destroys or can erode your relationship. So over time, fake facades tend to fall apart and people often get revealed for what they truly are, which can have a host of negative backlashes. So, you know, if someone, 
if if you are like you're making all this great music, for example, and someone finds out you're actually stealing it from another artist, then I mean, you can kind of kiss your entire like your entire uh, persona, your entire reputation goodbye. Reputation is the word I'm looking for. So just be yourself, basically. Uh, be professional. Don't treat a serious networking target as a friend. Uh, this follows knowing your audience. You know, like if you're uh, reaching out to someone for something over time, naturally things get a bit more informal. Like you'll always start an email with dear so-and-so sincerely, blah, 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 you know, and over time, like the formalities go away, but just because the formalities go away or even months at time at a work at your work job, you don't want to start be saying, lol, dude, K I'll do it. Yo memo in 10 minutes, L U L like don't, don't do that. You know, like never lose that seriousness. Even if like the professional stuff goes away over time. Uh, so don't treat your networking targets or your, like your networking people as your friends. Unless that explicitly happens, which I'm not saying it doesn't, but most of the time it doesn't happen because most of the time people don't want to be friends with their colleagues. Um, which of course follows the golden rule of knowing your audience. Um, it also really helps to have good timing, but this is kind of a little bit outside of your control. Um, for example, don't reach out to a label during their busy season as they'll be less likely to see, read, or even take your correspondence seriously and will likely forget about it or put it in the back burner. You know, people would always tell us, like, if you want to be seen, if you want to applying to jobs, you should always send in resumes and stuff Monday morning instead of on the weekend because on the weekend they get buried at the bottom of piles and some people don't have the time or energy to go through those piles. So there are some tricks like that you can uh, be aware of and, again, knowing your audience. But um, sometimes it just works out in your favor. Like, uh, say, for example, uh, everyone starts caring about, you know, uh, fair trade labor coffee practices, for example. Like, everyone's like, oh, we need to make sure all of our coffee is ethically sourced or something. You know, like, this becomes a huge thing in the news. And then you can go and apply for, like, you want to apply for a job at, like, Ethical com Coffee Company Co. or whatever. And you'd be like, hey, I have, like, 15 years experience in coffee trade. You know, I'm all for this stuff. They're going to be like, great, let's get this guy. He knows coffee and, ethic and ethics. Perfect. Like, terrible example, but sometimes it just works out like that, you know. That was not my, not my best example ever on synthopsis. Um, so... Uh, and lastly, about networking, like the guts of it, some quick common misconceptions that people have. I know these are some that I had. Uh, proper networking is about giving and taking. It's not just taking, right? Networking is a relationship and every functioning relationship or good relationship is a two-way street, right? You're helping someone, they're helping you, you're introducing yourself. So if you go up to someone big, hey, you know, can you pass my res resume along to your boss or something? And I'm using work a lot and job hiring because this is something that pretty much everyone can relate to in some capacity. You know, later on, if they come to you and be like, hey, you know, like, I I met I'm, I met this really cool girl at, at that party you hosted at your place a week ago. You know, like, could you maybe connect us again or something? You just got to be ready to help, help other people in return, you know? Um, just don't be ready to take, like, feel like you're taking entirely. Don't think that you're just a leech. You know, don't think that you're just like sucking resources and time and energy out of people like a like freaking Amazon jungle leech. Those things are disgusting and you guys are not leeches. You're awesome people and relationships are two-way streets. So uh, just be prepared to always return the favor when people ask for it. Um, and also the conception misconception that people don't want to help other people, which is entirely false. Most people do want to help 
it makes them feel good. Like I mentioned earlier, all you have to do is really ask um, and, you know, don't be afraid and think that you're just going to be a burden on other people. That's like, I hear a lot from people like, I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to be a burden on my friends. This is different, but your friends are your friends because they're supposed to help you. If your friends don't help you when you need them, they're not really your friends. I, this is a, a real reality. This is a tangent, but I see this a lot, especially on Reddit. If your friends aren't there for you when you need them, they're kind of crappy friends. Like, I'm just be blatantly honest. So, you know. Uh, and lastly, on this segment, networking improperly is basically the opposite of this stuff. It's, you know, if you're not networking properly, you're being rude, you're being unprepared, you're being unprofessional, you're being like, hey man, I want to work for you, let's talk about the job. Like, no. No one's going to respond to you if you do that. No one ever is going to respond to that. Unless, like, you're famous as hell. But that's just not going to happen. So... Uh, do your homework, know what you're getting into, and just try to be professional, put on a good face, all that jazz. Um, let's take a nice another song break. That's the uh, guts about how to network properly, uh, pretty much. And when next segment is going to be about etiquette, appearance, and manners, like how you want to appear, how you want to write, how you want to present yourself, because how you present yourself matters a lot. And there are right and wrong ways to do that as well. So here's uh, Alacrity from Occam's Laser. It's a, a very old song. I think it's like from his first EP ever. It's not dark and edgy like the music we know by Occam Lasers that we know and love. But it's really good. I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, and we will BRB. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. 
Hope you enjoy that little song. Uh, let's get into section four, etiquette, appearance, and manners. Presenting yourself, you know, I talked about introducing yourself. You want to introduce yourself to your boss, uh, like a new boss or something. You want to just, just introduce yourself. There are right and wrong ways to do that, and how you do it does matter. So let's establish first and foremost that first impressions do matter. People do judge you. The judge. People do judge each other. It's a reality. And if anyone says they don't judge other people, I just, I don't believe you personally. Um, it's important to look good. It's important to be confident. It's important to write clearly. It's important to take your time and to be meticulous and to have a plan. These things are important and they do matter. Uh, but of course, don't confuse this with being disgenuine or becoming self-conscious. You know, don't Scrutinize, don't over scrutinize yourself. Don't stand in the mirror looking at yourself in your suit for 30 minutes. Don't reread your email 10 times. Just be polished, be prepared, strike that middle ground of being careful and, and detail oriented, excuse me, but not like racking your brain and driving yourself absolutely nuts. You know, kind of a side tangent, but I want you guys to also, I want to make it clear that this is not a huge thing that like that I want you, like when it comes to networking, I don't want people to like, drive, don't want anyone to drive themselves nut, nuts over this. Like, oh my God, this is such a like a monstrous thing and I can't possibly handle this and I should be freaking out. No, this is a very human thing and absolutely every person is capable of networking properly. So don't think of it as this gargantuan task that you can't handle. Um, I just want to make it clear that no one that no one feels that way, you know, even though it is such a big topic. So Let's get into correspondences, uh, emails, letters, no one sends letters really, letters, writing, whatever, uh, reaching out to people, fair way of putting it. Uh, know, know the right avenues to reach out to your specific target. You know, if you're reaching out to a label, business emails are always best if available for serious networking, you know. If you wanna reach out for someone about something serious and they have a business email for business related stuff, use it. If they don't and they don't have other avenues, then just slide into their Twitter DMs or something. But if people prefer to be contacted a certain way for something serious, then you should follow that, you know. So be aware of what people want because everyone's different. Some people don't care and they just want to use Twitter. Some people like to have things separate, you know. So it's important to try to get a, get a feel for what people are, um, you know, what people are particular for. And casual stuff like Twitter, Discord, etc. can work fine, especially in a lax casual environment, Synthwave for less serious networking. And I need a water break, one second, sorry. Because my throat gets really hoarse when I talk too much. Um, be patient and grow your relationships slowly over time if you can. Your chance of getting what you want are always higher if the person you're asking for knows you better than if you're a rando. So like, it's, like I said earlier, the rule of it's better to have relationships and professional like people know you before you need them you know this circles back to one that's one of the golden rules as well but just be patient try to grow your relationships over time so that you're not rushed at the very end uh, and when it comes to writing there are some very very important rules to keep in mind of i love writing i've always loved writing i'm an editor full-time um and there's a very very clear difference in between writing like poor and mediocre and strong writing and your writing should always be good at best. Um, and there are a lot of ways for anyone, whether you're an advanced writer or just a noob, to have good writing, so don't sweat it. There, here are some really important rules. Um, I'm kind of a stickler, but uh, 
these are some important rules for everyone to keep in mind of. And I, these are things that professional people do notice and they do matter, even if they're not sticklers like me. First and foremost, and I cannot stress this enough, be concise. Learn how to condense your points. No one likes giant paragraphs, you know? Don't go on and say, hey, I'm a synthwave artist from Georgia. You know, I've been making synthwave for 10 years. I played in Helsinki. I played in China. Xi Jinping loved my new debut album, you know, stuff like that. Like, you might think that you're gassing yourself up and, and like, that's cool, but you can say all that in like a sentence. You know, it's important to gas yourself up a little bit, but like, be concise. And I don't, I don't think this is stressed enough. I mean, they, I had one professor that would just not shut up about this, and then I realized how much it mattered because people just don't really have time. And people, some people just don't really care. And honestly, like our attention spans are so short nowadays because everything is just given to us so quickly, so quickly, not quickly, that's not a word. We just want everything at our fingertips right away. Yeah, tell me what I need, tell me what I need, tell me what I need. What, you know, no one wants to sit. Imagine if you had to sit and read like 50 resumes every single day and every single one starts the exact same. I am from blah, blah, blah. And I've done blah, blah, blah. Like, like, bro, like, just tell me what I want to know. You know, it's, it's be, so be concise. Uh, also be direct, be direct. Don't beat around the bush. Tell me exactly what you want and exactly how I can help you. Right. If you're an artist and you're, and you're reaching out to me, for example, don't, you know, and don't be like, oh, you know, I love your podcast. Episode five on Carpenter Brute was so cool. You know, like, no, like flattery is whatever. Like some people love to get flattered and love pe some people love to have their ego stroked, but I don't think most do really. And I think it's just better to be direct, you know, hey, I want to do an interview with you or something like just tell me what I want. So then right away, I know how I can help you and where you're going, basically. Uh, perfect example. Dreria, I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name. Uh, approached me a few weeks ago and he said, hey man, uh, I, Wraith Walker talked about whatever, they talked, Wraith, him and Wraith Walker talked about the, my podcast a little bit, but he reached out to me and was like, hey, I want to do an interview with you, you know? Um, and I talked a little bit about himself and I was like, you know, uh, right now, I don't really know you too well and I'm a little picky with interviews, nothing personal. I like to do interviews with people I know really well and, and can have something I can really genuinely talk about or like a really big artist that I respect and like could pick their brain for hours. But I said, thank you um, and let's stay in touch, you know. And But he was really direct. He told me what I need to know. He was concise, didn't send me a giant paragraph. And actually over time, we've been talking more and more and he shared me more stuff about Darkwave and we actually are going to do an interview, I think, um, I don't know exactly, but I think January 26th, I'm going to, we're going to do like an interview, like intro to dark wave kind of thing, but that's not a solid date, but I think it's roughly going to be that, but that's like uh, a lived example of, of basically in a nutshell of how to network well online, for example, but how he approached me mattered a lot. You know, he was concise, he was direct. And I like that. And over time built his, uh, his relationship with me. We built our relationship through just talking about our shared interests, interests, synth wave, dark wave. I didn't know what the hell dark wave was. I was very curious. And the dude knows a crap ton. So he, excuse me, he shared some songs, his knowledge with me, which I appreciated. So a uh, good example. Also don't make assumptions at all. When you're writing, don't, don't make assumptions, do your homework, be clear. Tell your target who you are and what you want. Like spell spell things out without going too in depth, you know? If you're a synthwave artist, don't be like, and in the beginning I said I wasn't gonna talk about synthwave much, but here I am saying if you're a synthwave artist over and over. So I mean, I never even know what I'm gonna say like 20 minutes from when I start. But if you're an artist, like don't assume that people know who you are. 
You know, put your ego aside for a few minutes and not saying this is a big problem, but put your ego aside and be like, hey, I'm X whatever. I make X music. I've got X albums. You know, you should check me out for whatever, whatever reason, you know, it's important because if, if someone doesn't know who you are, like, yo, dude, I'm Cheese Master T-Rex. Uh, dude, you know who I am. I'm the best in Jurassic synth, dude. Let's let's work together. I'm gonna be like, who? You make what? What's Jurassic? What? No, dude. I don't have time. Like, I'm too lazy to go look up your music. I'm sorry. Which 90% of time I am. I'm sorry. It's a cold reality, guys. But, you know, like, don't make assumptions. So, uh, active versus passive voice. When you're writing, when you're writing, it's very important to be, and this is how you be direct, actually. You use active versus passive voice. If you don't know what this is, please go look it up right now. Pause the podcast and go look up active versus passive voice right now. I'm not even kidding. It's one of the most important concepts in writing. It's one of the most simple to master. It's, it's, this is the difference between active and passive. It's being direct and you're putting the subject in the beginning. For example, this is, uh, this is passive voice. I would love if you could interview me for an episode. Sorry, this is active voice. I, I didn't, my notes are bad. This is active. I would love if you could interview me for an episode versus I believe you're working on future episodes for Synthopsis. It would be really cool if you could interview me. Like, you see how much longer that is? I would love if you can interview me for an episode and then maybe a little more versus that whole like bloated jargony thing that not jargon, bloated thing with all this extra flattery I don't care about. Like, just trim the fat and tell me what I want to know basically. So... Uh, active versus passive voice, super important. You, everyone should know it, especially when you're writing to people professionally, you have to know how to do that. Sounding professional, polished, coherent, and respectable. This is all important. How you write matters. First impressions. Your first impressions are often made through your first email correspondence or whatever. If you write like someone that doesn't care and doesn't take their time, people are going to judge you and think that you don't care or that you don't take your time. That's the reality. So, Removing all typos. This is very simple stuff. Removing typos, not having grammatical errors. Have someone else check your writing if it's that important. A second opinion always matters. Editing. My colleagues and I always check our, our each other's stuff constantly because everyone has a different perspective and we always catch things that like I don't catch in my own writing. Even if I check it over three times and it's like, oh, cool. I didn't realize that. Thanks, man. You learn. So uh, have someone else check your writing. Remove typos and stuff. Never rush a professional correspondence if it's urgent. Take your time. Write a draft and then revisit it in an hour or so or the next day. Uh, there's a really good rule in college. Like people would say, like if you could uh, write an essay and then you can have 24 hours to ch- to review it later, do that because you have a fresh mind, you have a pr- fresh perspective, and you'll pretty much always catch things you didn't catch the first time around. It's really important. Um, and I already talked about proofreading. And lastly, don't overthink your writing. Minor arrows, as I'm saying, like get rid of typos and stuff, but minor arrows will not kill you. If 95% of your email to someone looks great and you have one small typo, like they're not going to be like, oh my God, you made a typo. You're the most careless, irresponsible person in the world and you should burn in hell. Like, no, that's not going to happen. And if a person judges you that much for a typo, then then they have, that's a problem with them personally. Uh, so that's, you know, don't be anal and don't overstress. Like I talked about earlier, striking that balance between preparing but not driving yourself batshit crazy. I just cursed. Sorry, kids. Uh, but yeah, strike that nice little bounce. So to put all this together, let's go over the, the, the brief little rules again, because that, that was kind of a lot I just threw. Be concise, be direct, don't make assumptions, active versus passive voice, sounding professional and polished, and don't overthink your writing. This is a little writing sample I threw together uh, just to put it in uh, context for you guys to hear. 
This is a correspondence that I would send to someone if I was applying to jobs, for example. Dear Mr. Jones, I wanted to reach out to you because I am applying for programming-related jobs in the video gaming industry. My background as a programmer, first at ExxonMobil and then Apple, means I have the necessary knowledge and skills needed to hit the ground running on day one. However, I am not too familiar with the video gaming industry and would like to learn more about it. Would you be okay with chatting with me for, for 30 minutes on the phone sometime so I can learn more about, what, about your work and how the industry functions? Sincerely, Mark Smith, which is not my name. But you see how short that is? That's one paragraph and I say everything. What I, what I want, who I am, what I've done, what I want from you, how you can help me. No, no crap, no fluff, no, you read it, you're done. Yes, I can help you. Yes, I can't. Move on your day. Have a nice one. Sign my autograph. Whatever. You know, move on. That's, that's professional writing. Mamma mia. So. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Follow up on correspondences. More important for initial ones. Do follow up. If you send an email to someone and they don't respond, don't take it personally. It doesn't mean that you're trash and that you're not worth their time. Sometimes things slip through the cracks. People are busy. Life happens. Do follow up after a week or two. A very brief message or email is sufficient. Do be persistent and show that you care. Do take the initiative. You know, if you're in the driver's seat and you want something, you have to be persistent. You know, but don't be impatient. Do not rush networking. If you sent an email or a DM, give it some time. This is something I'm personally guilty of. Sometimes I'm a little too pushy. I'm a little too hasty. It's something I still mess up every once in a while. But, you know, no one likes people that come off as desperate or pushy. You know, it's just it's just kind of weird. It's just not good. And it starts getting annoying. And at that point, people can be really turned off from, from you. So have your correspondence be perfectly balanced, as all networking should be. And strike that balance. Be polished. Be professional. Um, you know, what's that crappy joke I was going to make? Uh... I can't remember. Oh, well, it was going to be really good, though. But, uh, and side note, if you're on the receiving end of a correspondence uh, and you can reply to someone, please don't ghost people. It's pretty, it's, in general, like, ghosting is a huge problem our day and age. It's really, it's really rude and unprofessional. If, if, if you can't help someone or you don't want to help someone, just be like, hey, I'm incapable or whatever. I'm, I don't, you know, in a, in a polite way. No one likes being ghosted. It, it just kind of sucks. So, you know, uh, it's good to be upfront and candid. Um, we're really flying through this. All right, so our last song break for the night, uh, here's Survival from Terradyne's last EP, Rebirth. Um, and then we're going to move on to the last part about the music industry shenanigans. But we're nearing the end, guys. So enjoy this song. I love this on death. It's some very, very high quality dark synth from Terradyne. Um, and we will BRB.
Alright, alright, welcome back. Let's wrap this jazz up with a little segment about networking in uh, the music industry. Synthwave stuff. This is for all you artists out there. Um, I mean, resources go a long way uh, if you can get these kinds of things. Classes, mentors, living in nice cities like where you can get exposure, these things are great. If you can attend concerts and network with people, this is all really good. Um, but what if you don't have access to these resources? This is a question that I asked Blood Music. He did a really big AMA um, on Twitter like a few weeks ago, which is, by the way, like literally a treasure trove of networking um, advice for people in the music industry. If you want to get better at networking and you're an artist and you want more detailed stuff, go look up Blood Music's profile on Twitter and just read all the replies because they're really, really good. They're very candid. They're very frank. And it's, better, it's honestly a lot better than, you know, I'm basically going to be reading what he said, and he answered a few of my questions as well. So really, like, if you want the really in-depth stuff, go, go check out his stuff. Um, but yeah, I asked him, for example, what can you do uh, if you're an artist and you don't have access to resources? Because as, we, as you, like people know, resources always give you an edge. If you're fortunate enough to have classes and, and wealth and stuff, this just gives you an edge and you can network more easily at schools and whatnot. But um, basically he said, familiarize yourself with marketing tools, especially stuff on the interwebs. Uh, become part of groups that do similar things, such as being active on Twitter. Uh, there are a lot of very active Synthwave people on Twitter that you can interact with and that way you can network and find people to collaborate with. Uh, you can find content creators like myself or other DJs, whatever. You never know what you're gonna find. Then you, if you use your creativity, then you never know what you're gonna create. So. You know, Reddit, MySpace, Facebook. I guess, gosh, stop making the MySpace joke. I've been being this joke to death for the past, like, two years, but I love it too much. Um, and he also said, don't be shy to share your big news. And, like, if you have a big album coming out, don't be shy. Like, blast that crap everywhere. You know, let let me know. Let other people know. We want to know. Like, people like myself especially that love to promote artists, we want to know that stuff. And if you don't tell us, you don't share it, like, don't be surprised if no one knows about your album. Honestly, like you got to spread the word and just be active with the groups like the Outrun subreddit, you know, the Darkson subreddit, whatever. Discords, you, I mean, the mo it's networking really is like kind of, I don't know, zero sum is the right phrase, but the more you put in, pretty much the more you get out. The more you put yourself around, the more you advertise yourself, the more relationships you try to forge, the more likely it is that things will click and you'll make good relationships that stick, basically. So, you know, it is what you, it is, you get, you get what you put out of it more or less. Then again, like you could just connect with one person. They could give you literally everything on a silver platter, but the odds of it happening are slim to none. So, um, the other question I asked him was how should artists act when corresponding with labels? And he said, it's basically the same as you treat colleagues at a new job. You know, like I said earlier, keep things professional you know, don't let your guard down. Don't just assume that things are lax or casual, you know, like labels are more on the serious side. But even over time, as things become a bit more lax and informal, you can, uh, you know, don't drop your guard, you know. Like I said, don't mistake your colleagues for your friends. This is, you know, this just don't do that really. Unless if it's very explicit that they are your friends, then that's different. But if you haven't gotten out of the colleague zone, then uh, don't think that you're in the friend zone. So that's a new word I made up. I'm going to trademark that.
Um, what else? Word of mouth marketing. Uh, really, I mean, like I said, the interweb is our greatest resource, our as content creators, you know. If you make music, if you make drawings, if you do whatever, um, it's a reliable way for independent artists to introduce themselves and gain recognition. Be a, he said to it's important to be aware of trends and to try to capitalize on opportunities, you know. Um, let's say, for example, someone writes an article that pisses everyone off. You can weigh off and get weigh in and give your opinion. It depends entirely on how like how you want yourself to be branded. Uh, if you want to be branded as someone that's a bit more like combative, or you want to give like a more laid back, neutral tone, that depends entirely on you and how your tone your tone may click differently. Will click differently with different people. So, just be involved, be aware of what's going on, and spread your word in as way as many in any ways you can. Basically, you know. Um, and branding does tie in with uh, networking because, like, I'm a firm believer that, especially online, whenever you're interacting with people or, like, posting something, you're branding because you're saying, like, this is what me, my artist, my brand is about. And people will make that association with you and your with, and with your musical persona, basically. Um, so the more that you network, really, and the more you put yourself out there, the more opportunities you have. Um but what you say can affect people. Like if you say something wrong or something bad in air quotes, and then you try to reach out to some with someone that doesn't like what you said, you don't be surprised if, like if there's some backlash. You know, this is all. I'm keeping it very vague because this is all different between every single person. You know, like there's no one size fits all rule really. So these are all like different scenarios. I you know. So that's why I'm. If I'm sounds like I'm being vague and not really being super direct, it's intentional. Um, uh, someone also asked him, what do you value most when being contacted by an artist for the first time? Uh, I think this is a really good question. And what he said was really interesting. First and foremost, I love the music. I think I can sell it. They listen to advice and they sound normal. He, throughout a lot of his posts, he's talked about people that don't listen to advice and don't sound normal. Like basically people that aren't capable of, of maintaining a functioning professional relationship, you know. This is a tangent a bit, but this is something he's also talked about, is that a lot of artists focus too much on their art and not enough on the business side of things, on their marketing, on their professional persona, on writing good, on looking polished, on wearing a virtual suit. Think of it as wearing a virtual suit. If you're in your basement making your dark synth in your pajamas, that's cool. But when you go to a talk to a label in a DMs, put on your virtual suit. Go in your wardrobe, brush your teeth, comb your hair, put on your virtual virtual suit. You know, get in that mindset. I'm not in my pajamas. I'm not playing League of Legends. I'm not playing RuneScape. This is serious business. Even though RuneScape is serious business, an old school RuneScape, because RuneScape three is just why. But you know, it's it's real. It's you gotta. I, I really lost my train of thought right now. But you gotta take it seriously. Artists just sometimes don't really have that in mind. I think that's something that really has really taken him personally over time, from what I gauge, um, that he prefers people that are really, you know, to the point and polished and know how to be professional. Um, another question that was asked is, how can someone pitch a product such as an artist pitching themselves to a label to get bought? You know, this can be uh, like uh, you're pitching a game, you're pitching an album, you're pitching, you know, whatever, your book, your drawings for a book. Uh, and he said it's important to have a nearly finished product that is presentable, believable, and exciting. You know, people don't really like, and this applies to myself as well. If you reach out to me and you're like, uh, hey, you know, I want to do something with you. I'm going to be like, okay, what do you want to do? 
and then you're gonna be like, um, let's do an episode where we talk about, you know, synthwave and like why it's, it can be bad. No, like just no. And this relates to being direct earlier. Like just have a finished product. Like this is my game. I have this many people working on it. We're like this far. We've got this much done. You know, people are really interested. We've got investors. People are like, oh, this looks nice. This looks nice, you know, Shark Tank. Shark Tank's a TV show. I didn't want to cite it, but I, I love it too much. I think this makes too much sense. Always in Shark Tank, they would say, they would always reject people that were like, I have an idea and this is going to make so much money. You guys got to believe me. And they're like, no, show me the, show me the, what about the money? Like, show me the numbers, you know? Like, how much have you made in sales? How many stores you got? How many investors you got? Are there returns? Like, people want to see the bread. People want to see the oven, the fire, the dough, the bread. They want to see it and they want to taste the bread, you know? Give people bread. Don't give them air. You know, no one wants air. Air is important, but give people like a finished product that looks good and is kind of not completely finished, but close to finished product that's believable. I think I butchered that segment. Hopefully I made my point clear enough, but whatever. Um, and the last question that was asked, what advice can you give to one-man bands that don't really have the ability to tour? How can they grow? If you're just a dude in your basement, a lot of people that make Synthwave are just individual artists that do it in their free time which is one of the things I like most about this scene. But if you're just one dude on your own in the vast ocean of the internet, you might feel a little overwhelmed. Like, how can I possibly get any notoriety? And he said, in nine out of 10 cases, your reach is more limited in the internet, but the internet is the great equalizer. You have to work double to build a fan base, but you can build a fan base. If you're active, it takes a lot of work. If you go out there and you interact with people, you know, people, I think, really become fans for the artist. Like, even if your music is phenomenal, like, I could love someone's music and be like, oh, their music is great, but, like, and I could, I'm a fan, but the highest form of, form of like, being a fan, the highest form of fanery is being, like, that person is awesome. Like, I met that guy at a concert, and he shook my hand, I talked in about 10, like, 15 seconds, I got a picture with him. Like, those are memories that people don't usually forget, especially if they're really passionate about something. That's how you build fans. It's interacting with people. Your interactions matter a lot. If you want more on that, go back to episode four on artist branding. I think that was, I think I really, I made a lot of good points that episode as well. Um... So, but he also said it's important to partner with a label to help get the word out or do split APs with other bands. Collaborate, interact, network, do everything. Don't just like release music into the void. If you're re only releasing music into the void, if you don't put yourself out there, you know, you got to first like make your own little planet and then start growing it and get some asteroids and like start building a base, you know, but if you just don't really make your own little planet in this vast universe of the internet, then don't be surprised if no one really hears about you. You could drop a song and become a one-hit wonder, but I mean, that doesn't really happen too much. So, that's basically the entire episode. This only took an hour. I thought it was going to take a lot more. Um, I want to wrap this up with a summary because I, I have a habit of talking really quickly. So, I, uh, I want to summarize the most important key points. Um, first and foremost, the golden rule, no, the platinum rule, uh, that networking is about trust. Do not do anything that can jeopardize your trust or someone trusting you. Because if someone does not trust you, then that's it. it. Networking is literally built upon a bridge of trust. So always keep that in mind. Uh, failures happen. This is the golden rule of, uh, of, of uh, breaking your mental barriers and stepping outside of your comfort zone. 
Failures happen. Rejection is normal. Bridges will burn. You are allowed to get discouraged and feel, feel down temporarily. You are allowed to sometimes feel like a failure. You're allowed to go home and sometimes cry. You know, but every time you fail, you're learning. And most importantly, don't give up. Never give up. You can take breaks. You can feel discouraged. But wake up the next morning and have a plan. Because, and really, I cannot stress this enough. Every single time you fail is an opportunity to learn something. It's an opportunity to be like, hey, I failed for a reason and I can grow, you know? So don't give up and accept that failure is a part of life. When you accept that it's normal and it's a part of life, everyone fails. And mo honestly, most people don't care when you fail. Like if you make yourself, like if you do something embarrassing at a cocktail party, people might be like, oh, that was kind of silly. Look at that guy, you know. But like 15 seconds later, they're going to forget, you know, like, and that's tough to grasp. But really, like no one gives a crap about stuff like that. Like failure is normal. Everyone's messing up all the time. It's okay. Uh, there are also no guarantees to success. You could follow all my advice right here. Um, you can listen to a thousand TED Talks or whatever, read the best books, uh, but there are no guarantees to success. You, there, you could get a million interviews and might never get a job, honestly. Everyone is different and you can only prepare so much. However, like I said, the more you network and the more you try, the more likely you are to succeed. Just don't give up. Be patient. Eventually, it usually always does pay off to whatever degree you deem payoffable. Um, luck is absolutely a factor as well, and that's something that we can't control. You might uh, be super, super qualified for a job that you think, oh, I'm absolutely going to get this thing, and you might not get it, or something might land in your lap tomorrow. You might wake up and things could be completely different. That's just a part of life. It just, it just, it just do be like that. It works, you know? As Joker said, Joker said it best, we live in a society, and sometimes just things happen, you know? So, uh, and honestly though, the best possible advice I can give in terms of networking, I kind of already said it, is be persistent. Be persistent, be persistent, be persistent, be persistent. You know, just don't give up. Every single time you get an interview is an opportunity that you could have gotten a, gotten a job. Every single time that a label listened to your music and said, sorry, we don't want to sign you is an opportunity that a label could sign you. You know, just don't give up, learn, grow, fail, keep trying. Just don't give up. Be persistent. You're going to do it, man. You're going to do it. I, I, I want to promise you guys that things can and will get better, you know? So what else? That's it pretty much. Um, let's, you know, that's the entire episode basically. I, you know, Let's move on uh, to the last five. Unfortunately, I am a very scuffed DJ and I don't have a promise queued up, so I can't play it right now. Um, so we're just gonna get right into it. I don't have my cool little theme song. Sorry, we'll fix it. Fix that next week. The last five though, last five minutes of the episode where I let you guys know about any upcoming releases, things that have happened recently. If anyone said hi to me on Twitter, in my DMs or whatever, cool stuff like that, important shout outs, whatever. Um, First and foremost, always releases. Ferris Melick single, The Second Act of Time, is out. Robert Parker reports that his new album is 99% done. That's all he said. Don't know anything else. So if you like Robert Parker, there you go. Swayze has a single coming out end of January. He hasn't released a lot of songs, but they've been really... they The ones he has released have been really high quality. He did a uh, collaboration with uh, Demi K on Demi K's last album, which is phenomenal. Um, so Swayze is, Swayze is cool, dude. Awesome vocals. I'm looking forward to that. End of January. It's going to be solid. I hope. Um, 
Night Nightmares and Neon EP coming out. Uh, Void Stare, brand new Dark Synth artist, has his debut album coming out January 26th. Interesting, uh, on his Twitter bio, he said that he's also, he's going to be incorporating throat singing. I don't know if it's like Mongolian throat singing or if it's like, I think they do that also in like, um, like Sweden, Finland, like the Vikings do that. But um, throat singing in Dark Synth sounds pretty badass. So we'll see. I'm, I'm actually kind of excited for that. Um... And honestly, that's it. I feel like not a lot has happened in the past week in terms of releases. Like, I know the past few weeks, my last fives have been really whack and cringe. But this one, I, I tried really hard. But that's all I have for releases. I feel like not a lot of stuff has dropped recently. I've been I've been more active on Twitter this past week. Um, that's pretty much all I got. Next week's episode is on beat drops. Um, the best ones. How to make them good. All that jazz. Why they, like, what they can do for you. And some that just really piss me off, honestly. I don't like saying bad things about songs or artists, but I have a few things to say about a few songs. Um, so we'll, that's going to be a lot of fun because I love good drops. Um, that's it, guys. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter. Pod is where I am most active. Uh, you can find this podcast anywhere on basically any platform. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, you can also tune in live on Night Ride FM every 8 p.m. on Sunday, unless I bail for some reason, as I have the past two weeks. I apologize to everyone that likes listening to me live. Uh, but that's it. Synthopsis out. Thank you all for tuning in. I love you all, platonically. Don't get excited. Take care. Stay safe. Stay happy. Uh, if you want to talk about anything, you want if you're an artist, send me your music. Send me. I love talking to you guys. I love interacting with artists and all the synthwave people on Twitter. Don't be shy. Hit me up. If you want to pick my brain more about networking or if you have a personal scenario you want to talk about, I'm completely confidential. Feel free. Feel confident. Please do that. I will help all of you. You just have to ask. Peace out, guys. Here is Power Neon by Technomage. Actually, point I missed. I, I'm looking at my notes and I missed. Uh, and this is important, so I'm going to say it. In terms of music industry stuff, don't be afraid to plug yourself, especially when asked to. Like, a week ago, I said, hey, I haven't listened to any new music lately, and I asked people to send me new music, and Technomage was like, hey, this is my new single, Power uh, Power Neon, which I had seen, but didn't have that time at that moment to listen to it. But when he sent it to me, I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to it, and I freaking, I love this song. This song is awesome, and I've been listening to it, like, nonstop this entire week, and the only reason I'm listening to it is because he sent it to me. Plug yourself, put yourself out there, don't be shy, be bold, be brave, be bash, whatever. Belongs in the trash. See you all. Peace out. Play song.